Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Today's pod is also brought to you by Chosen One, a lifestyle brand of the nerd and famous, promoting academic hustle, street culture, and the geek life. Inspired by pop with a dash of retro goodness, Chosen One evolves with the future with a mission to provide a positive and empowering brand that flips the script for nerd kind. Check out their website at www.thechosenone.com. That's one with a W. To see their plethora of merchandise, including hoodies, shirts, hats, and more. Available in men's, women's, and kids' sizes. Chosen One, the future of nerd kind. everybody this is james and marco and nabil and this is the movie pals podcast podcast number 48 today we're going to be going over what we've been watching a topic of the week where we're going to be diving into what we think is the uh, uh possible good movies based on video games and then we're going to be reviewing the new film pokemon detective pikachu so without further ado let's get into what we've been watching hey what you watching all right, let's get into it. So, Nabil, what have you been watching? Well, you'd be happy to hear that I have been actually watching things and not just, you know, trying to piece things together. It's been a while, though. Yeah. It's been, been a while. while. I've had a lot of time. Feels like we haven't done this in like a month. Kind of. It actually, uh, yeah, it kind of does actually, man. Has it? Leave a comment below. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know let us know. It's Did been you a miss us? May so much. So By the far. time that we edit this and like send it out, it might be. Yeah. But whatever. I know you guys all miss us. The Avengers was a big one, guys. Yeah, let, let, let that one breathe a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Um, I actually, so in between then, there have been some other films that have been released, of course. Um, nothing as big as Avengers still. Maybe. We're reviewing one later on. Damn, okay. We, we Mi- shall see. Hashtag mystery. <laughs> um, I watched The Hustle with uh, Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. Uh yeah, it's uh there's not much to really talk about that film. It's pretty bad. <laughs> um I bear like I said when we were talking about it, I don't remember them showing any advertisements for yeah. this. I, it, I just remember the two times I saw the trailers. That's it. When we went to go so see I forgot what when movies. you watch the trailer, you think of it like as the female version of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. The there one you go. with That's uh, the one. uh Steve Martin and uh Michael Caine. Yeah. It's not. Not even a little bit. Is it actually, truthfully though, is it actually based like a remake of that I movie? I don't know if it is. I feel like it, that's what it's trying to be almost, at okay. first at least. Because they're, they're both con artists. One is uh, one is kind of like a low class con artist. The other one is Rebel Wilson. Class. I, I mean, yeah, take a guess at which one they're trying to do. And let me tell you, Anne Hathaway, Rebel Wilson, together, they have great chemistry. They're oh. really funny together. Okay. But they, again, and I've said this before about other films that Rebel Wilson has done. For whatever reason, when they write her character, they just kind of lean in to her, like, how she looks and, you know, acting kind of, like, just dirty and unkempt and just, like, not uh, professional, you know? A fast slob. 
I mean, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And it she's makes the no, same character in every, and it makes ever no since sense. Pitch Perfect. Uh, Rebel Wilson has been the same character in every so movie. So she's basically she's typecast as the yeah, same. But she's thing actually or, yeah. funny. Like if you hear her talk about things, and when she's like when she was in Bridesmaids, and then even some moments in Pitch Perfect, like she in Bridesmaids. She, she is, yeah. She's the she's er, she's earlier version uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. she's female she... version Chris Farley. Oh yeah, that's yeah, even right? better. Yeah, we're just just a slob every in every movie. It's it makes no. She could be. She's so much funny better. though. She is funny. I I generally like Rebel Wilson. So are are all the funny scenes in the trailer? No, there. I mean, there's some genuinely funny scenes that I've I've watched uh, that aren't in the trailer. But can I remember anything or say something stood out? No. Did you fall asleep, Nabil? A little bit in the middle. Oh, there's damn. a little, little okay. fear. There it is. There it is. And you know, there's like a part. I need to know. The I was like, has so much potential, <laughs> and they don't live up to anything. Why are you forgetting the plot, Nabil? Yeah. Even the writing. Um, so, sometimes it's the dialogue's really good, and then sometimes it's just hamming it up with the jokes that just are beaten on Rebel Wilson each time. It's it's pretty disappointing. I say, you know, save your money. Maybe watch it when it comes out on HBO or Netflix or something. If you just want to see something that's it's a maybe stream, maybe maybe if you really like, I don't know what to watch. Let me just put this on the background. Click or uh, I can't sleep. I need something to put me to bed. Okay, cool. Jesus, which is really like I said, disappointing because Anna Hathaway and Rebel Wilson actually have really good chemistry in this film. Hmm, Okay, so maybe I mean they might team up again eventually one day. I I do hope so. Um, That's a second comedy that or quote unquote big comedy that Anne Hathaway's done that hasn't been that good. I actually think she's funny too. I mean, yeah, she she did like was it the Princess Diaries or whatever, and she was funny in that, and she's done some other. I mean, Devil Wears Prada, Devil Wears Prada, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, she's funny. It's just she's not in a funny movie, just like in uh, the. Ocean's 8 movie. She was pretty funny there, too. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, I forgot she was in that film. Yeah, see? Yeah, one of our, our top 2018 forgettable films. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, other thing I've watched is I finally got to Triple Frontier on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's the movie starring Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, Pedro Pascal. Nice. All the big names. Um, it's about five former Special Forces operatives. Um, they kind of get together again um, to plan a heist and a very weirdly pop kind of sparsely populated military zone in South America. Some random some random country in South America. No one knows which one. <laughs> <laughs> just it just doesn't matter. Take your pick. Yeah, just look at a map, take Spanish. your pick. That's all we know. <laughs> um and so they all have different careers. Uh they do really well in the special forces and then they kind of fizzle out of that and can't really hack it most of them in regular life. So this is supposed to be a way to kind of get this one big bad guy who's in charge of some cartel laundering a lot of money um take him down take some money as well not really sanctioned by any government um but it's an easy mercenaries they're they're not mercenaries because they're not necessarily being paid or contracted to do it but one of the guys soldiers of fortune kind of yeah i mean they're i mean they're after money so yeah i guess that kind of counts ghost recon wildlands it's pretty three three kings what Um, anybody remember that that's a great film Um, george clooney's in it (laughs) that's right oscar isaac is still kind of working as an operative in uh, South America because, you know, he speaks Spanish. Yeah, makes sense. But um, he kind of brings everybody in because he's trying to get this guy, but also knows that his friends need money. So they're all really surgically precise. They know homie. what they're supposed to be doing. It's a homie favor. Yeah, I exactly. Like um, gets him in. They uh, essentially kind of get in uh, more than they bargain for. They get a little bit over and over their head. Um, things go south because of that times change. Not everybody's as perfect as it used to be. Um, but what's really interesting about the film is that 
uh, the events, how they unfold, it actually ends up being that, uh, and it's a little bit of a spoiler, but they they have an exit plan and the exit plan falls south. And so they've got to kind of take the long journey to get out from South America to get back to the States. And that, that journey is like pretty much like impossible to do. They've got to go uh, over mountains and everything else like that. And so it ends up becoming a different film. So it starts out as kind of like a heist film, ends up being more of like a survivor film, and then kind of Jeez, ends. I did not yeah. see that during the trailers. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it becomes a whole <laughs> different thing. And there's like surprise, surprises on, on you know, people. Uh, there are deaths in there that you don't expect and people just like getting murdered for nothing. In some instance, and you it's kind of almost like psychological. They mess with your head and saying what's going on and you know what does money do to you. Did you um, enjoy it? I did. I thought it was genuinely like I wanted to keep knowing what was happening. I was kind of upset in some things that happened to the characters and where where uh and how they kind of changed. And but it, it when it ended, it was a really good payoff too and what they did. And it's like a little hammy also how they ended it, but um it it helped make made the film whole. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much by going into anything in detail, but honestly, if you haven't seen it, definitely worth a watch. Like it's on Netflix. It's all star cast. It's not, if you're thinking it's going to be super action, they definitely have some action scenes, but it's, it's more of kind of like a, a thriller survivor film. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I've been watching. Right on. Good stuff. Good choices. Well, at least one good choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, James? What have you been watching? Um, so I went and did the Fathom event thing that we had at our theater where I watched all the uh, first four Batman films. That's like right. Batman 89, Batman Returns, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Also, I watched uh, the first two with you. Yeah, you watched the first two and then Mikey, friend of the pod, uh, watched all four of them with me actually. So I haven't seen, I didn't see those first two, Batman 89 and Batman Returns, like ever in theaters because I mean, I would have been what... One years old and three, I guess. So it was a little past my prime. Um, what are you trying to say, sir? I'm just saying I'm I'm younger than you. I know. <laughs> I'm, old, I'm old as fuck. So I saw Batman Forever and Batman and Robin in theaters originally back in '95 and '97. So that was kind of like nostalgia. Like, yeah, those are the cheesy ass ones. And uh, for the most part, Batman Forever isn't too bad, actually, man. Right? I, I tell yeah. you, it's, it's a pretty decent. That's film. the one out of the four, like that. I was more uh, kind of shocked by how much it kind of held up. I was like, oh, because I mean, the first two are always good, right? Mm-hmm. And Forever, I was like, uh, this is probably gonna be the start of the shitty ones. And I was like, you know what? I had fun watching that. Like, no, I mean, Val Kilmer did a great job as Batman. Yeah. I think I, I liked his version of Batman. He's a good he's, Batman, but he's not the best Bruce Wayne. No, I'll say that. Best. No, his Bruce Wayne sucked. And it's then it's funny good. because then George Clooney when he wasn't as bad as I remember either. Like he's a good Bruce Wayne, not the he's best not Batman, the good Batman, which is funny because he has the he's pretty suave in that movie, mm-hmm. and he's like actually doing things that you don't see Bruce Wayne do in the other three movies at all. Like right, opening his giant ass uh fucking telescope <laughs> thing, and he has like a girlfriend <laughs> in that one. I was like, this is fucking weird. And generally, his interactions with Alfred and uh, Batman and Robin are really well done, actually. Yeah. It's actually kind of touching. I was like, I didn't expect to feel like this. But, I mean, the movie overall is cheesy as hell. But it adds to, like, the character, I guess. It's not a bad movie. It's the villains, I think, that suffered the most in the they sequels. Were they were bad in the definitely time. lightened up and kind of, like, They were lightened up and, like, the little before. They do, like, a, when you, you watch them, there's a guy that intros them and kind of explains the movie and what their pro- thought process was, like, the studios and stuff. Oh, yeah. in the event? That yeah, the event. Oh, cool. So it's kind of cool. And the guy broke it down that, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze is based on the 1966 version. Nope. Thus the uh, love for like diamonds and his yeah. puns and all that. 
And actually, out of everybody in that film, he seems like he probably had the most fun out of everybody. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just seems like it, because like, everybody else notoriously talked shit about that movie afterwards, except for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> They're like, Arnold, we he just also want made, to do I mean, one-liners, and they have to all be related to he, ice. He's, he took the suit, too, so he has the he suit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of the other people took little things from it, but he took the whole fucking suit, and it's in one of his mansions or something like nice. that. So. During the... I mean, this kind of turn is just talking about Batman and Robin because I saw it last night, basically. Yeah, there's a lot that just doesn't work in that movie, though. Like, um, like the Chris O'Donnell's part? acting still. It's just really shitty. Yeah, you <laughs> know. Why, why, <clears throat> whiny Robin? Yeah. You would have thought he would have grown out of point. it from the first film, but he did not develop any better. It's character. funny, though, because I, I was bringing it up even I in want a uh, car. Bat- Batman car. Forever. Uh, I was even telling Mikey, I was like, yeah, like they bring him. He's like, I'm leaving. I was like, yeah, you're 25, bro. You can fucking go anytime you want. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, is he supposed to be like 17? Yeah, I think no, he was supposed to be a teenager. Be like <laughs> 17, 18, but he looked 30, so. But then there's little things in Batman and Robin that don't make any sense. Like they're in a party and then a vehicle shows up. I'm like, they're on the 50th floor of a fucking skyscraper. Right. How the fuck did they get a truck up here? <laughs> and then they bust out and then Robin's in a motorcycle. I'm like, yeah, where are you going to go? <laughs> Didn't make any sense. Don't they? Don't they have like freeways that go like through buildings and stuff in that movie too? No. Like, the whole city doesn't make it's, sense. It's a little more comic-y, and yeah. like for the most part, it kind of does, but not where they're at at that point. And then they swapped the silver costumes at the end. I'm like, yeah. did we miss a scene? Was there a deleted scene where they just swapped costumes? Got a hovercraft that we've never seen the entire time. Oh, and also, Bad Girl's terrible too. At least Silver Shell was so terrible in that movie. She seems like she was added at the end. They're like, you know what? We gotta throw one more. There's too many characters. It's, it's yeah. called Batman really and fucking no Robin, dude. In there. It's called Batman and Robin. I'm like, keep it. It's funny because they had a fourth, uh, a fifth movie uh, already planned, Batman Unchained, and it was supposed to have them all come back, and they were supposed to do a Nightwing spinoff, but this movie tanked. So technically, yeah, yeah I saw the like I said the first two with James, and it was a pretty good experience to at least watch those two classics in the movie theaters. I know yeah. I saw both of them when I was a kid because I'm old as fuck, but man, uh, they've aged pretty well. Uh, I've always liked Michael Keaton as Batman, and um, I know some people disagree, but no, he's good. The, the performances are great. Jack Nicholson was great as uh, Joker, and I, I like the villains in Batman Returns. But I think overall, it was, cool. it was a pretty cool experience. It was cool because like all four actually connect; they're technically in the same universe. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's and even there's in, callbacks like, to Batman the first Forever. Two they make mentions of stuff that I never noticed. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I'd have to see that again. They mention like uh, Metropolis in that one. They nope. talk about Catwoman briefly, uh, and then in Batman and Robin, you see like a shot of like Joker and Riddler stuff in Arkham Asylum, which is nice. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't remember seeing. I mean, it's also been 22 years, so you tend to get rid of bullshit, I guess, when you're watching other movies. But it was cool. <laughs> it make little references to it, and then like, um, and yeah, uh, yeah, terrible version of Bane. So, <laughs> oh man, I, I think I think Marco, you had brought it up how it's just not even worth having Bane in there. If you just dropped him at least, dude, you drop reference. him and Batwoman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Batgirl. Sorry, oh, Batgirl. Um, yeah, it's not that bad if you if you drop them. I mean, if yeah. you're if you're going in for entertainment and for entertainment purposes only, then yeah, it's not that they bad. added it because of each character. I guarantee. They just yeah. need each one to have a bad guy. Oh man, no, it was to sell toys, man. Yeah, the whole movie they were trying to, to bank toys. on everything. That's why yeah, they changed the, all this. They the had three bat suits was, in every movie and shit. The movie was rushed too, apparently to get like the toy line out in the same time too so i mean you could tell because the vehicles are just hilarious man (laughs) so i'm like this makes no sense why this vehicle looks like this they're in like a rocket dude when they they like surf off of a fucking door from an explosion in the beginning i was just like i i looked at mikey i close to 300 times during this movie (laughs) and i just kept doing the shaking and like fuck man (laughs) what about the bat skates oh ridiculous too the bat skates 
Yeah. I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. did they know they were going to be in an ice situation? No, they didn't. He learned about Mr. Freeze on the fucking drive there. He's always prepared, bro. There's a lot of pop holes, and I was like, I don't appreciate them. Batman has a backup plan for everything. It's like the the yeah. cartoon the animated series makes more sense and has more logic than, than the movies. Which they should have, if they were going to redo the whole thing, they should have just based them off of the cartoon series at, at that point, because it was already pretty popular by Batman Forever. Well, Batman Forever did really well, so they were going off of the um, success of that film, like, financially. Right. So, right on. Um, yeah, but I've been watching other little things, but for the most part, that's what I've been watching. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, I've been watching quite a few things also. I know I saw the Fathom Events thing with James, the whole Batman thing, at least part of it. And then I also saw a three-part video essay on YouTube or YouTube Red, whichever one you have. This one's available on both. Uh, and it's titled The Limitations of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it was made by Patrick Willems, who was featured on the podcast, uh, the Slash Filmcast. And that's where I heard of this. And on that podcast, they kept mentioning him and talking about this three-part video essay. So... Curiosity peaked, and I went ahead and checked it out. And basically, he Patrick Willems does an argument about where the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, falls flat. Um, and although I don't agree with him or with what he says 100%, there are some parts that do stick out that I'm like, okay, I kind of agree with you there, but it still works for me. And even I just want to put a little caveat there. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love the Marvel movies. Obviously, we're all fans of it here. But I just like to see both sides and see the side that really loves it and also the side that criticizes it. And part of the things that he brings up in the video essay, which is done kind of like a Charlie Brown-esque type of format where Patrick Willems plays the character of Charlie Brown and the other people in the video are playing other characters from the Peanuts. So it's kind of funny. So is it showing like the cartoon actually? No, no, it's them in real life and he's got a guy playing Linus who's got uh, a blanket. And then he see he weird. has he goes to see a chick that's like a psychiatrist and that's like talking Lucy. to him. Yeah. And they're all telling him that he's the problem and that he's crazy. Kind of like Why did people he choose on. that by the way? Does he ever explain that or No. No, so, no, it's so it's random. So random. Yeah, I know. I think it's because it's uh, Charlie Brown feels very isolated sometimes, and so he feels isolated in this opinion because everyone else disagrees with him. Like the Great Pumpkin, and yeah, he talks yeah. about life in general. Yeah, exactly. So basically, some of the things that he judges are the the cinematography, how a lot of it, although we think it seems different, all the the colors in it are rather mute because they all take place in the same universe, and they want to put the interconnectivity between the movies. Which I kind of disagree on. I mean, he I mean, does. Thor point... Ragnarok looks a lot different colorful. from Thor two. So, so yeah, it, yeah, and Thor true. one actually. And he even actually points out that Thor two has some really great lighting because the director worked on some episodes of Game of Thrones, and so he was yeah. able to capture the lighting really, really well. Because anything, had... I would think that'd be the dark one. Because he's had experience. Yeah, because he says they grab directors that don't have experience with big budget movies, and so they don't know what to do with the lighting and special effects and everything mm-hmm. to mesh it better. He says it's Did good, he, but it could be better. Like certain ones, because not not all of them are small directors. He, yeah, he gives some some few examples. Like he gives like Joss Whedon a lot of credit with his cinematography and stuff, which I do agree with that. Like the the way he hey, he Joe. angles the the superheroes and makes it look like a framed comic book page is is one of the examples he says of where they do right versus where they started doing wrong. Okay. Uh, there he, other things that he brings up is that there's no real character arcs and no true consequences for the heroes and so therefore no growth because the consequences don't really lead to anything captain america is one of them 
Uh, he criticizes the Rousseau brothers and how they're not as great as everyone has pointed them out to be. How their angles and shots for versus some other directors aren't as good. And their character arc for uh, Steve Rogers could have been, aka Captain America, could have been a lot better. I'm not going to go into like all the details because like there's a lot he points out. Again, I don't disagree 100 I don't agree 100%, but I do agree with some of the things like maybe they could have gone a little different. Like, um, I'll give one example. Winter Soldier, he says it would have been great if uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't Hydra after all, and that it was just him versus S.H.I.E.L.D. and him having to question his loyalties to an organization that he felt was doing good, and that would have had a better payoff, but I disagree. If you really are interested, I would recommend watching all four videos, and there's probably going to be two more if the response gets a lot of good uh, responses to it, but... I liked it. If you like to see other sides of the argument or like to see the full spectrum, I recommend it. They're only about 30 to 40 minutes long. Brush through them. I mean, it's not going to take that long. And they're pretty entertaining, too. He has some guest speakers on some of the videos, which is pretty cool. Aside from that, I saw an HBO documentary titled The Case Against Adnan Syed. It uh, came out just this year, and it was inspired by the podcast Serial, which discusses the trial of Adnan Syed who was charged and convicted of murdering his ex-girlfriend in Baltimore back in 1999. Supposedly, he strangled her in a car. He's been serving a 20-year sentence, uh, or 20 years of a lifetime sentence. And basically, there's been a lot of uh, plot holes and a lot of unanswered questions surrounding the case, similar to how to make a murder. But all the difference is that this has to do a lot more with forensics. Uh, the forensics evidence wasn't looked at as well. Certain people and witnesses weren't interviewed for the case. The the other possible suspects weren't looked into as right. deeply. So there's this question of, did Anand Syed do it or not? Uh, Serial is a 10-episode podcast. It's a great introduction, but if you don't have time to listen to all that, then they do a really great summary at the beginning of this four-part documentary but um again the difference between this the podcast and the show is the podcast deals more with the original trial that occurred between 99 and 2000 and it brings up some new evidence that led to the creation of the podcast originally and the show looks more into more of today in the, the past 20 years and new findings and uh, private investigators looking into the whole crime scene and trying to recreate certain aspects of of the trial and the case. So, um, again, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I recommend it. I still enjoyed it, even though the ending kind of left me feeling kind of puzzled. Or not puzzled, but not 100% satisfied, I guess. So, um, those are some of the things I've been watching. Again, there's been a whole bunch more that I'll I'll mention, but uh, for now... That's about it. Nice. Let's move on now to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. Okay, so we're trying to stick with a um, video game kind of vibe here since uh, Detective Peachy is based on a video game slash anime. See. So I want to ask you guys, we've had a lot of failures of, this is actually just spoiler alert. I mean, everybody should know this already, but Detective Pikachu is the first video game movie that is uh, fresh, actually. It's sitting at 64%, which is still on the lower side, but guess what? It's a win, okay? <laughs> um, it's a win in our book. Yeah, it's a win in our hey, book. Six out of 10 people like it, all right? Yeah, so I mean, the majority of people, because up until then, we've had some really terrible movies. So, for instance, 
just going to go down the line here a little bit. I'm on a Rotten Tomatoes um, kind of a binge here showing you what isn't too good. For instance, the Mortal Kombat films aren't too great. I don't know if you guys uh, have remembered those ones back in the 90s. Uh, they were amazing. Uh, the first one was awesome. amazing, sir. Best soundtrack <laughs> I mean, to a video game ever. I mean, soundtrack, one good song, yes. <laughs> You've heard it at every rave and every workout. Uh, Street Fighters has pretty poor reviews. Resident Evil, Silent Hill, we've all tried it. Uh, even Hitman got two movies for some odd reason. Oh, I forgot about the Hitman movie. I mean, there's Max Payne, Assassin's Creed, Doom. All these movies are rotten as hell. Tomb Raider's tried three different times. Doom was fun, though, at least. The first Tomb Raider was okay. Uh, I mean, arguably the newest one was the best one, I think. Yeah, the newest one was the best one. Which we reviewed on our pod last year, by the way. You know what? Yeah, ago? actually. Two yeah. years ago? Yeah, we did. Oh, man, it's been a You while. know, I really, I, I kind of really did enjoy that one. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't bad. bad. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Alicia Vikander go again. Uh, that was actually, that's the second highest rated one, 52%. So, uh, Need for Speed was a failure. Was Warcraft was a failure. I actually like that one. Uh, Prince of Persia didn't do too well. The Final oh, Fantasy movie, Spirits Within, was another was bad okay. one. And then Rampage from last year was, haven't seen that. was terrible, too. I saw that one. Um, so, my question, guys. Outside of the things that are already in development, there's a lot of movies in development right now as well that are based on video games. My question here to share with our listeners is, with Detective Pikachu being the first fresh video game film, what video game would you guys like to see on the big screen that you could think would be an even bigger hit critically and financially? So, I mean, Pikachu did pretty well over the weekend, did about $58 million. Uh, came in second behind uh, Avengers overall worldwide. It's taken in quite a bit. Uh, which one do you think would get even like a better rating, do even better? And if you have like a star in mind or a director that you think would uh, bring that vision to life, let us know too. Uh, starting with you, Nabil. Oh, I get to be picked first for everything. Too. Yeah. I, I feel special. Your down. <laughs> um, so thinking about the different games that are out there, it's it's very difficult to make a, a, a movie uh, from a game, especially games that are like really concise in their own story, you know, that's set up to just play with them. Which and, I mean, we've talked you know, about like a lot of the, yeah. a lot of video games nowadays are very close to a cinematic experience too, especially with modern consoles yeah. and gaming. Yeah. So it'd be hard to. It's almost like why. And so, so when I looked at this, I was thinking of a way that would really like make give you options to do a different story, even if you wanted to. And so, uh, Mass Effect uh, was a very popular game. Um, on the, I guess, what, fourth generation of consoles, uh, Xbox 360, 360 yeah. and PlayStation 3. Um, and there was three games of that. There's also the, the unspoken... Uh, Andromeda. Yeah, Andromeda. we don't talk we about don't that talk one. About that game. Um, yeah, but, we don't say that <laughs> title here, sir. Oops. Not in this room. Yeah. But um, the original Mass Effect trilogy um, centers around a character called Commander Shepard, set in way, 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 way in the future, where they essentially find a way from Earth to travel through these kind of things called mass effects to uh different planets um and different galaxies oh same galaxy i should say but different planets mm -hmm. on the uh, different solar yeah. systems it gives them access to interstellar space travel right exactly and um they find out there's this whole civilization of different species and different habits of planets and they all have a kind of council and they have these things that are like this whole government structure and earth needs a representative and Kind of Commander Shepard finds a way to, to become Earth's representative for the for that council, so to speak. And I don't want to talk too much about the game and its details, but really what it is is the whole idea of it being in space, 
Um, you're visiting then the games you visit all these different planets interact with all these different different species um, there's an overarching story about this thing called a specter and they're kind of like rogue agents well I wouldn't say rogue they're so agents for the why, government why do you think I'm going to stop you here Nabil why do you think this would be successful well the, the idea of space being able to see different characters mm-hmm. um, I think that's a big thing there's a lot of stories being told in that game that you could pull any one of those uh, stories and just build upon and make us you know make something out of it let's be honest Nabil. you want something to challenge the Star War don't you I do actually like, it, Star Wars is what came to Star mind Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> well no Star Wars is what came to mind because you can really make it more of a space opera yeah, because um, so are you are you seeing like a trilogy of films here? I think so. I I, I think that it would also work. It could even work as a bigger series as a, a spinoff on a reality show or a reality show, a TV series. Okay. Yeah, I was like, whoa, <laughs> so it's real life. Yeah, but uh, definitely a set of movies. I think like a good star, for instance, I was thinking about was Carl uh, Urbane, who's already in like Star Trek, who's in Lord of the Rings. I think he'd be really good as Thor uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Fred. He'd be really good as a kind of Commander Shepard, and yeah. he's very charismatic, but also yeah. a tough guy and, and stand cool. like that. Yeah. Looks good um, with a bald head. Yeah, he does. We've seen that before. And like a director would be uh, French director Luc Besson, the guy who directed uh, Valerian, City of a Thousand So Planets basically, you just want him to make a better version of Valerian. <laughs> yeah, probably, kind of. <laughs> And it was, he, I, I think yeah. that it's, it's a good. There's just a lot to pull from from that whole universe. And oh yeah, you don't it, yeah. Have to there's make a lot like of a room for world building. Exactly. I agree. I like this choice. And yeah. with really good visual options. I mean, you could, especially with the technology today, great oh, yeah. special effects and makeup, and like you could do so much with this. I think if it's if you find the right story to tell just within that universe, um, you can really uh, you know gain popularity on that. And then you know every every movie needs to be a franchise, so a studio will be happy to to spin it off a hundred million different ways. Yeah. You could even have like. Like a, a one-off TV spot that could connect the movie to and explain, yeah. you know, some sort of background on it too. Just some side story of this other guy mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? So I went on something a little more recent and familiar to this table because I started to think like, what's something that has at least some sort of hype right now and at the same time has some clout in other forms of media. Uh, this game is actually uh, part of uh, one of Tom Clancy's series. And as we all know, uh, a lot of Tom Clancy works have been already turned into films. You have the Jack Ryan movie series. Of course, not all those movies were hits, but The Hunt for October, Patriot Games, and Clear Present Danger sure as hell were. And of course, we have the recent Amazon original Jack Ryan so my direction went more towards uh, The Division, which is a game that we've mentioned at this table before. But I think that if done right and also y- y- kind of carried on with the success of the Jack Ryan series could be turned into a motion picture or even a TV series in its own. Um, and basically, The Division is a uh, post-apocalyptic storyline in which a lethal virus was released on Black Friday originally in uh, New York um, and the second game is now taking place in Washington DC but basically uh, it spread a mutated version of the measles mixed with like a super flu and basically turned the entire world or at least the United States into like chaos so there are these special agents part of the strategic homeland division also called the division 
who are sleeper agents within the United States that react to emergencies and start to help restabilize the country. Um, and that's pretty much the gist of uh, the game. But I think that it would be something that would be entertaining, action-packed, uh, would be kind of reminiscent to uh, like a mix of the, uh, the Mission Impossible movies and even some James Bond movies because there's a lot of tech used and a lot of gadgets used within the division. Um, and an actor that comes to mind... Mm-hmm. is kind of a uh, common name around here. But Jason Clark, I think, would be a pretty good uh, main character because yeah. there's no real named character other than the supporting characters within the games because you, the player, are one of the main division agents. So you have no real name. So it could really, the, the character could be filled in with anybody and maybe actual characters from the games could be played by other actors as well too. Really, the only person with the that's really memorable from the games is the main villain, Keener, who is actually a rogue agent from the division that kind of uh, abandoned his post and started actually fighting against the division. But um, I think Jason Clark would be a perfect division agent, and if um, not him, then my other selection would have been Joel Edgerton from uh, It Comes at Night. Um, and he's also Mr. been Owen Lars himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. Owen Lars in the prequels. I like him, dude. Uh, but I think he would be another great selection in order to play like a main uh, protagonist in these types of movies. But again, with the success of the Jack Ryan series and this video game being super successful right now and being very popular at the moment, I think that with the right script and the right director, in fact, the director I have in mind is um, Steve McQuarrie, who did the last Mission Impossible movie, I think he would be actually great for it because the way he did the last two Mission Impossible movies, I think are a really great example of how to make a high action-packed tech-based movie that could adhere to various audiences and actually be a really good summer blockbuster. But that's my pick. Nice. What about you, James? Um, for mine, I was kind of divided. Uh, there's between two of them. I was either going to be like God of War, but it, and I'm, I'm sorry, it was on. Christopher McQuarrie, not Stephen McQuarrie. Oh, Christopher I messed, yeah, I messed up the director's name. I was going to say something. I was like, I think it's. I mean, I knew it was McQuarrie. I didn't know the yeah. first name. It's fine. One thing to talk about that I wanted to do was I was going to go like God of War at first, but then that's too good already. That's one of the yeah. things like Nabil saying it's too good of a game. Like why why mess with that? Enjoy um, the experience, kind of thing. Yeah. So mine would be the long uh, ingestation Bioshock film. <laughs> That apparently, uh, I mean, is it going to come out? Is it not going to come out? Gore Verbinski was originally attached to it, director of the Pirates Caribbean films, uh, backed out of it when studio, him and the studio were disagreeing on rating-wise. Dang. Uh, so Bioshock is another game that came out during the uh, 360 era and also has been re-released in the HD remaster for Xbox One and PS4. It is based, The first game is the one I would base it on. It's where basically a guy crashes into a seemingly the open ocean and then finds a underwater city that has some dark secrets it was like an underground society like a kind of a utopian that uh when things went wrong things went wrong and it's a first person shooter but the visuals of that game are very well done it has that kind of 50s vibe to it all where you see like a high class society living underwater, which is fucking ridiculous if you think about it. Mm. But I think as a movie, it would be really cool. It's almost yeah, like it's a, very it's very it's much inspired by uh, Ayn Rand. Yeah, 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 definitely. The villain in that one is surprisingly takes a twist on 
who you think it might be, actually. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, I really think it would be cool. It would be a little bit of a mi- mix of action, but it's a lot of mystery in that one. Like yeah. I said, the horror aspects of it as well would be kind of cool because the people down there basically go nuts and yeah. there's people still down there. And you slowly uncover the story and what really goes on. And it, I mean, the twist itself has been ruined by a lot of people, but I won't say it, but the twist itself would be cool if they kept it in too. So that's a movie. I mean, it's pretty simple, but, and it's been a movie that they've almost made. So I don't know. Maybe they'll make it. I think it'd be a really great choice. But man, it's sad that they didn't pick the guy who did uh, Pirates of the Caribbean because you would need that underwater. He knows that water feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You would need that look for it to to come to fruition. Because I'm only assuming, like, to do it correctly, too, the sets would have to be actual sets and not. Yeah. I hope don't ham it up with like a green screen and shit, you know? But uh, great game, and I think it, I think it would I think it would translate well as a movie. So, and that's why I think it would be successful. Who do you think you'd have in the films? Uh, I would I'd, truthfully I'd grab Chris Pratt for it. Yeah, Chris Pratt, and then anybody can direct it at this point. I don't give a shit. I will say too, <laughs> Spielberg. It's, it's a yeah. good point that you make too. Is that you know they also have the Bioshock Infinite, which is instead of underwater, you know, up in, in the, the clouds, skies. Mm-hmm. and that still has the same kind of feel. And it's, it's more of a self-contained story up until the end where it ties it all together. Yeah. Um, and just as, you know, something that you could put together into a film, because it's kind of like a duo, two mm-hmm. characters that you focus on throughout the whole film. You want to do it like that or like a duology. Or something. See, I only yeah. played the, kind of cool. the first game. So I, yeah. I think that just doing, starting at least with the original first and doing that underwater city I think underwater would, city would be, cool. be something, yeah, yeah it'd be, yeah. vastly different than most of the other video game movies it takes place in the past out. too so it's, it's kind really of a nice. period piece which is pretty popular with people but yeah i think it'd be cool it'd be really fun so that's our thoughts guys let us know yours as well uh hit us up on our social medias for that we'll let you know at the end of the episode yes. and we'd love to know what you guys think because everybody seems to have a pretty good opinion on your favorite video game or um something based on that that could translate well so i mean nabil's original is super mario brothers so Mm-hmm. Until we told him that it actually already come out, so hey, no one remembers that though. I'm just gonna say that '93 one, I, I still like it. I'm a fan of it. I know it's it's a horrible movie, but it's probably like that nostalgia feeling. There's a reason I know? didn't bring it up in the beginning. Yeah. It's like, terrible. Uh, it's decent. It's not. Decent. It had cool merchandise. It's all-, all right, guys. Let's move on now to our review of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. So there I was. I woke up with a heavy case of amnesia in the middle of nowhere. The only clue to my past is Harry's name and address inside this hat. So I made my way to the apartment, and that's when I found you and your stapler gun. Stop talking! You're a hallucination! You're a hallucination. So you're a talking Pikachu with no memories who's addicted to caffeine. I could stop whenever I want. These are just choices. Another round, extra shot. Black as night. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Harry got in too deep. Mixed up with the wrong crowd, that kind of thing. Look, you can talk to humans. I can talk to Pokemon. And if you want to find your pops, we're going to need each other. No, I don't need a Pokemon. What about a world-class detective? So the IMDb description of this movie is, In a world where people collect Pokemon to do battle, a boy comes across an intelligent talking Pikachu who seems to be a detective. Who seeks to be a detective, I'm sorry. So this is directed by Rob Letterman. He is most famous for directing Monsters vs. Aliens in 2009 and Shark Tale in 2004. This stars Ryan Reynolds as Detective Pikachu, Justice Smith as Tim Goodman, Catherine Newton as Lucy Stevens, Bill Nye as Howard Clifford, Ken Watanabe as Lieutenant Hide Yoshida, and Chris Kiris, Roger Clifford. So guys, before we even start here, I wanted to ask, and so the uh, listeners know, 
What's your history with Pokemon? That's, I mean, video game, anime, cards, figurines you've made as a model. I don't know. Uh, start with you, Nimble. <laughs> I remember Pokemon from what, the sixth grade, I think, is when I first saw it. And it was on TV. I wasn't into the game or uh, cards yet. It was straight from the from the show that really got me into it. Okay. And then um, as I started getting to middle school, I started getting into trading cards. Um, and then finally the games as I got a little older. So, you know, quite some time. Well, Nabil, can that. you put your trading cards away? We didn't want to see them. Just saying, just I got some shinies here. Check I don't know out. if you really want to just check them out. These are pretty ultra rare. So Nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? I understand not a lot. I have virtually zero experience with Pokemon. I think I was past the cusp in age to when they became started becoming popular. So you were in probably high school. Probably yeah, I was, a, I was a little too old to, to really get into it. But the most experience I've had in it is through the Super Smash Brother. Video oh, games. yeah, definitely. That's uh, about the it. First one I had Jigglypuff and Jigglypuff, Pikachu. Yeah. yeah, and it had the Pokeballs. The um, and it, yeah. and it, I had, you know, people that explained things to me also along the way and said, oh, this is what the Pokemon I mean, you do. could identify Pikachu if you put him in a lineup, yeah, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. That Pikachu. Yeah, there, it's, it's yeah. got such a big pop culture following that oh, yeah. I am aware of certain things, so... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I have some knowledge, but I have to say I'm like probably don't know as much as you guys. Nice. Yeah. Um, for me, on the other hand, I guess I mean complete opposite from you guys to a point. I I never stopped liking Pokemon, <laughs> and I'm 30 years old. And you don't say. Yeah. So it started when I was in fourth or fifth grade. I want to say, man, where somebody had some cards, and I think I started with the cards probably first. Or the game, it was. It's all kind of a blur. They they did a really good job in America of like just sh- throwing that shit down our throat. Yep. Yeah, advertisement wise, because I remember like out of nowhere, I went to my friend David's house and he had Pokemon Red or Blue or something, and I played it and I was like, I need this game. <laughs> yeah, so I remember working at Best Buy and those games were popular for like really? Game Boy, especially because Game Boy was still like Game Boy Color had come out. Yeah. And I think they were matching the those with the Game Boy colors as well. Yeah, too. it was red, blue, and then yellow came out. And the ones that went with the Game Boy color were going to be gold and silver. So right. I've played every single one of them to a point. I stopped. I, I haven't played like Sun and Moon, the newest ones. I know. But I've done every one of them. I mean, I can tell you <laughs> a lot of things. It, it's, it shows you how geeky it is. Like Ruby, Sapphire, it doesn't matter. Black and white, black and white too. Uh, crystal emerald version all that shit it doesn't matter dude i've i never stopped playing them stadium but definitely by the time yeah n64 the stadium the games stadium most of the spin-off pokemon puzzle league i can tell you a lot of stuff i collected the cards i stopped doing the cards obviously that that you know after a while that just gets addicting too. yeah i base set fossil jungle all that mm-hmm. stuff those are the three that i really uh, you know i really fucked with i guess and the funny thing is, I always would keep playing them, even in high school, but I just didn't tell anyone, kind of thing, <laughs> where I was like, nope, I'm cool, you know, I'm just gonna, like, I'm like Game Boy Advance, I had like Ruby, and I was like, no, but my brother and I would play them, I'm like, we gotta fucking do this, dude. <laughs> and then there was like a resurgence, when my niece was born, uh, down the line, she eventually really got into Pokemon, and so, it was like almost an excuse to like, watch all the movies, it's I've like, seen like, I need the all the movies, like, there's like, 20 of them. Damn. And I, I've seen every one of them. And I was like, okay, I guess we can watch this together. And then it's funny because my other niece, Charlie, she got into it recently too, in like a year or two ago. And 
I was like, I guess we can watch them But th- again. those movies are all animated, right? Yeah, those are animated. I mean, I think a lot of people remember Pokemon, the first movie. Yeah. Which came out in, what, 99, I think? Mm-hmm. And that's the one that gave you the um, ancient Mew card. So it's been a long time coming since then. And that was the first one hyped up. And then 2000 came out. And then after that, they didn't have a direct to theater one after that. So this is the first one in almost 19 years that's been in theaters, which is pretty nice. Outside of like the Fathom event one. Sometimes they have those too. But what I'm getting at basically is that you as a listener get to get a perspective of somebody that is a big fan, somebody that's been a fan, and then somebody that is not a fan overall. So it's not just a fanboying it out. Like, oh, we love video games and Nintendo and all this shit. It's not exactly like that. That's why I wanted to start it out this way. So without further ado, I'm going to start with Marco now since Nabil's been hogging it all day. Uh, (laughs) Yay or nay, Marco? Yeah, Nabil. Jeez. Sorry, guys. Get off your high horse. I'm going to say yay. I actually really enjoyed this movie, which is quite a surprise because I didn't know what to expect going into this. I'd seen the trailers and I'm like, well, it looks interesting. Ryan Reynolds is in it. And so is uh, Justice Smith. So I have some experience with him in Jurassic World. That's the only thing I've seen him in, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I know he's been in other works, but I haven't seen them. So I didn't really know what to expect, but I was generally entertained by this movie. I, I actually came out of the theater wanting to basically play Pokemon Go because I know that's like one of the most recent installments. Yeah, that's the mobile one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, I still haven't downloaded yet, so don't ask me what my username is because I I haven't downloaded yet. I I may still. I mean, there's a Star Wars game I can't even play consistently on this fucking thing, so, you know. (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, it was really good. It was, like I said, it was fun. It was entertaining. Uh, Not perfect by far. No, not at all. Um, And I'll get into uh, what what worked and what didn't work for me when we get into that, but I'm just going to say that if you're a fan or if you're new to the franchise and wanted to see what it's about, I'd, I'd say go see it. It won't necessarily hold your hand into the world of Pokemon, but there's enough in there to where you can get the gist of it and you can understand some of a lot it's of the plot points are explained. Yeah. Um, and, but at the same time, it doesn't talk at you, which I appreciated. So uh, the world building was really good too. Uh, and the graphics uh, held up. There were some parts where they don't, but those were very minimal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I recommend it. What about you, Nabil? I enjoyed it. I, I think I found it funnier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I wasn't sure how the comedy is going to go. With, they were just going to really rely on the whole... Just be hammy. Yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon talking. Yeah, but they yeah. didn't, which is great. It was really, I think, really good jokes uh, put in over there. And there was really good chemistry with Justice Smith and, and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I was surprised because I've... I think I've seen Justice Smith in one other film. I think it was Jurassic World or something. Yeah, Jurassic World. Then he was in that TV show on Netflix, too. Yeah. And so I wasn't really sure what to think of him. Because, I mean, he's essentially the star of this film. Yeah. Um, and he did really well. I was very, uh, very happy with his performance as well. And so, yeah, like like Marco said, it's not a perfect film. But I thought it was entertaining overall. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, that's definitely a yay. Uh, I, I really liked it, man. So this movie was much it actually goes a little deeper than I thought. It's nothing too crazy to go home about, but there are some aspects of it that I didn't think uh, they would probably touch on, especially Justice Smith's character, Tim, has a very uh, distant relationship with his father, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't think, I didn't expect that at all. No, Like, all. the Same. depth of, like, how sad he can be about it, and I was like, oh, they're actually, like, generally making it, like, 
uh, like this kid's feeling pretty down about it, which mm. I thought was really cool because it, it's a video game movie. You, you don't expect much out of the characters. Ryan Reynolds was great, though, man. It Pikachu was. is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he they, is just the first time job. him sipping coffee, and he's just good he, uh, out the whole time. Lucy, the character played by Catherine Newton, like just hears him sipping on it, and he just looks back and. It's funny because us as the viewers can understand Pikachu too, but technically no one else in the movie can understand him. So they're just kind of looking at a weird Pokemon drinking coffee. Yeah, and he's just sipping coffee, yeah. and he's just like, sorry, it's piping hot. And it's just <laughs> fucking hilarious, man. It's just little things. It's like his Deadpool uh, corpse and stuff like that. Yeah. In a Pikachu form. It's even funny because even uh, his taxi driver friend in Deadpool is the uh, kid in the beginning. It shows that even so like toned tone down and without having to use the F-bomb or curse his lines out, Ryan Reynolds can still be pretty funny and entertaining. Yeah, he's deaf. I mean, he's very direct, his Pikachu. It's, it's almost a little mean. Yeah. Especially when he's getting on Tim's side about like uh, romance and such. It's actually quite funny of how, how uh, bad Tim is talking to women. Yeah. <laughs> and Pikachu calls him out on it like yeah. immediately. He's like, oh, man. He's like, have you ever talked to a girl before? <laughs> and it's just one of those things where it's like, oh. But, I mean, one of the uh, stars of the show, I think, too, is the Psyduck. It's just oh, hilarious. man. Psyduck. I didn't think he would be so funny, but as soon as you... you, I mean, this is somewhat spoiler, but the first time you see him, he's just standing he's in the alley trick. staring at Tim <laughs> in, like, the shadows, and then he notices he gets caught, and he just kind of, like, waddles off, and it's like, what the hell? What's it, what was that all about? It's just so random. You're like, oh. They have a lot of those, like, one little, like, moments that are scattered throughout the film that yeah. are just kind of silly, and for the most part, if the... CG didn't fit with what was going on. It wouldn't have worked too well. Yeah, there are some times I think certain things don't work well with the CG, uh, especially. I mean, it's in the trailer. Anything with Mewtwo doesn't look the greatest, which is odd. Like that's a big centerpiece. Of which is, film. I mean, in the lab, yes, he looks okay. Outside of the lab, he's probably the more cartoonish of the one. But I mm-hmm. mean, once again, you're looking at a guy that uh, or cat Pokemon that's <laughs> somewhat only one that can speak. English as well. Yeah, see, I also thought that is because Mewtwo's essentially like a villain in the games. I don't, and it's P, a PG movie. I don't to, think they wanted to scare the kids. Uh, but then again, that dragon Pokemon was pretty scary. Gyarados, yeah, Gyarados is a uh, a serpent one. So even that popping, I was like, oh okay. Yeah. Or oh, you mean Charizard? I'm Charizard. sorry, Charizard. Yeah, yeah. Charizard. Uh, yeah, I don't know the names to a point, but he's he's also nice. But um, we can't talk too much about this without spoiling. So we're gonna jump right into spoilers, basically, guys. Uh, you know what? I'll say real quick. What worked on this movie, and why did this movie work as opposed to other video game movies? Before we jump into spoilers, because you can discuss that without spoiling. Uh, I think that the fact that they just went into this world where Pokemon exist, where things are just as is, and we're just supposed to immerse ourselves and believe that this is an alternate world where these creatures you know exist. What? I want to like jump that. on that. It's it's a it's a, like a casualness of like. There's like believe this. There's guys. There's fucking Pokemon that are yeah. real, and and I like that they don't make a big deal out of it. No, that's like, eh, just work. No, it, they, they just act like it's business as usual, and I and I like that. The like I was saying, like the the world building of this as well too. The way that it's kind of like a noir film, kind of like Blade Runner, but and more lighter. Like, they even do the lights. Too. Yeah, especially when you see Rhyme City. It, it just looks so like different, but it could be in our world. Um, the scene where he's actually walking and discovering that Pikachu for the first time can talk to him and yeah. going through the food stalls is very reminiscent of Blade Runner. Exactly. Yes. That uh, was cool. The the script, the dialogue is written so much better than yeah. many other video games. That I mean, 
it doesn't take itself too serious. It's like see Prince of Persia. Yeah. <laughs> or the rest of the evil movie. It it knows when to go serious and when to not. When when yeah. to not be full of itself. Like when it comes to the Pokemon stuff and showing all the different versions, they go like, you know, all loosey goosey on it. But when yeah. it comes down to like the family stuff like you were talking about, James, like the more serious stuff. The do. dialogue is is really good at at basically focusing us into that and I think it Making helps it too that believable. the uh, Pikachu's like expressions and face like mannerisms yeah. really pay off and gives you kind of a sense of like what he's really feeling outside of Ryan Reynolds. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is a really good voice actor too. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and lastly, before I hand it off to Nabil, what he was saying about the chemistry between the characters like Ryan Reynolds and Justice Smith, that has a lot to do with it too. Whereas other video games, it seems like it was just kind of like a forced chemistry. Oh, like yeah. even Tomb Raider had that issue as well. It's like, oh, in the video games, they're friends, so they have to be friends here. Yeah, like exactly, mm, this doesn't seem believable. Letting at all. it happen organically, even the uh, relationship between Tim Goodman and Lucy Stevens as that grows, even though her character could have been better, it just it it just feels more natural. It feels like it goes yeah. with the flow of the story. So. Uh, what about you, Nimbo? What's your opinion? I mean, on that? honestly, I, I echo a lot of what Marco said. The only thing I could say is that if they had tried to lean into the the gaming aspect of it, and I know this is based off of a specific game, but maybe if the broader world of of the Pokemon series, which somewhere. by the way we didn't mention, this is actually based on the Nintendo 3DS game Detective Pikachu that right. was released last year out here. It's been out since 2016 in Japan, but that is uh, it. Actually, is like 90 percent the same story. By the yeah. way. So if you've played that, I'd recommend you don't play it before you watch this because it's going to ruin a pretty big moment in there for you. And see, that's that's another yeah. thing. It's like, and I'm sorry to take away from you, Nabil. Just the, they actually adapted the storyline. They used what they had already. They didn't right. try to make something new like they'd done with Resident Evil God, yeah. or <laughs> or I, don't, I haven't even seen Prince of Persia or even um, Assassin's Creed. They just went with the source material, which is good. Which I think for Assassin's Creed, everyone was like, why would you not use yeah, the they fucking already story? The story? But um, for Pokemon, if they had tried to follow like the Ash Ketchum series and then, you know, he has his Pokemon, and he's trying to catch them all and then um, become Pokemon Master. Yeah. That probably wouldn't translate so well on screen. It wouldn't. It's a good anime. Film. Yeah, it would be a great anime, yeah. but it wouldn't do so well as a live action film. Even And yeah. even tease it a little bit of how catching Pokemon at the beginning of the film. And they um, show battles, too. Yeah, which they is show cool. some of the battles. Like, and okay. it is pretty neat, but... The, the real focus of the story is Rhyme City and that uniqueness of that city and their relationship with the Pokemon. And that um, kind of, like you guys said, you're able to, to feel just immersed and say, oh, this is just what it is and we're okay with it. Mm -hmm. And um, that works in this kind of setting. Yeah, definitely. And I, I echo both of you guys' uh, opinions on this one. Uh, they're going off of a game that, not a really good game, truthfully, but the storyline, they took what they needed out of it. Uh, very likable leads on this one. Ryan Reynolds and Justice Smith. I mean, I'm actually excited to see Justice Smith in something else now. I'm like, this yeah. guy's pretty cool. Yeah, same. Just all pieces work. Script, yeah. visuals, uh, casting, cool, all those like, kind of meshed in action together. Action sequences. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was very funny. Uh, I actually watched this twice. So, shocker. I never see movies twice. And even though I thought, I was like, oh, pacing probably won't help around the second time. But actually, pacing's probably really well done. It's only an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, it's not long at all. It's almost like near the end, you're like, man, I wish there was a little more. Actually, this is kind of cool. I like Pikachu. He got a cute face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely want to take my, my, my little niece to go see I it. I thought so. you were like, I just want to capture one of these. Uh, I, I do. Can, can we go or, right now? Mark will probably take a side duck, truthfully. <laughs> he probably would. <laughs> I want to say. That is probably one of my all-time favorite parts. Every time Psyduck had a scene, Marco's just like, he's adorable. 
<laughs> I want I like, one. He has a real duck bill. My God. <laughs> That's kind of creepy, It's right? the eyes, man. The, the stupid, like, googly eyes that he had. I think it works, too, because Pikachu understands them, but no one else does. So he's telling right. you what he's telling, saying yeah. to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's some, like, really psychotic shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, he's, like, kind of dangerous. He's like, he's a ticking time bomb. All right, guys, let's jump into the spoiler section here because uh, we'll talk about kind of what worked, what didn't work, and our favorite parts overall. So if you don't want to hear it, just skip ahead past our little sound here. Okay, right, so what was okay? I'm gonna two parts here. What was your favorite part of the film, and what didn't work for you, Nabil? Um, I I loved all the scenes with the Pokemon. Honestly, Psyduck yes. was hilarious. I I did like the scenes where uh you would just see that uh Pikachu was tweaking out off uh, without coffee, like he needed the caffeine. <laughs> His caffeine yeah. that that was pretty funny. Actually, I can quit when I want. Exactly. <laughs> um, he just puts the cup down. And he's just like another, please. <laughs> And I think that's the the bar was really funny, but I probably my favorite scene really was just him um, going through the whole idea of trying to find out who the uh, you know what the mystery is when they're in the apartment and he's got all the the stacks of evidence and everything on the floor, yeah. and he's just got empty cups of coffee everywhere. He's and like, he's this looks like a serial killer yeah. went through. It's <laughs> like that's um, my evidence. Yeah, I think I thought that was hilarious. Just that whole scene of what he was doing, because then you really got to see everything about Pikachu there. What didn't work for you then, Bill? I, 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 we talked about this before. I didn't really like uh, Catherine uh, Newton's character, Lucy Stevens. Um, I, I, I saw her purpose, and I think they just didn't really do well with her character as much. They wrote as they her could poorly. Have. Yeah, yeah. She's the most that I would say is similar to a actual Pokemon character. Yeah, you know, I mean? and she, if that makes and they sense. Hand that up in the film. And she's hammy as hell. Yeah. Like it's first line she says is like, "Okay, that's mm-hmm. pretty direct." <laughs> she. I don't. I don't know. Like, especially looking at her acting with uh, Justin Smith, like he's really kind of like the straight guy, and then she's just way too wacky and crazy she, the whole time. Yeah, and like not in the sense of like it I'm almost just makes outgoing. sense. It's more like I'm cartoony and compared to his character. Yeah, she reminded me of the, uh, the police character from the Pokemon mo- uh, shows. By the way, Officer Officer Jenny. Thing? Yeah, she didn't she a yeah, little bit. I, I guess so. Yeah. Just truthfully, say. it's kind of funny that she's the one that has the Psyduck too. Mm-hmm. Like, that makes sense. But yeah, I I just wouldn't like a lot of the scenes. I mean, her she's funny. Like, there's nothing wrong with her particularly, but just how they used her, it, it didn't work for they me. They try it with a character arc of like, oh, she's actually trying her hardest, and she's actually a good detective in a way. Right. But it's just it it doesn't play out as well yeah, as it. I don't think there's been. a good payoff with her story arc. Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, what about you, Marco? I gotta agree with Nabil. I really enjoyed all the scenes with the Pokemon and seeing all the different ones and what they can do, at least in some of the fighting scenes. But of course, my uh, favorite was, of course, as they've they've mentioned already, Psyduck. I thought you were going to be like the Puerto Rican guy that was my cousin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Charizard tattoo. The the Charizard tattoo. I told you, I said, what's up with your cousin here fighting fucking illegally and shit, man? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It's. I like how it was technically an illegal cockfight, and I was like, "Dude, oh, right?" Damn. I, was like, I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "But you know what? It, it, it worked. It worked." Yeah. You know, if you're not gonna fight roosters, then you're gonna fight Pokemon. You know, ghost anyway. ones. Because Turtles, in Rhyme Dragons. City, they established that Pokemon fighting is illegal. They want more of like a natural relationship with the Pokemon. So anyway, which builds their relationship in general. Yeah, mm. but I I do like the uh, the CG in a lot of the Pokemon did work, and it was just interesting to see them react to 
real life events. Uh, even the mime, the mime, Mr. Mime, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Mime the mime was, was fucking hilarious because because then they accidentally throw the match and yeah. <laughs> you just hear an explosion and he's, his eyes widen like <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh no <laughs> he's like oh there's a little door here huh yeah oh, okay but um all all that really worked um and even the uh, lieutenant Yoshida's dog. His, yeah, his little the, bulldog, the, uh, the, Snubble. Yeah, just kept mugging everybody. I that like, was adorable, actually. And he's like, he's really friendly, but he's yeah. all like looking at him like, <laughs> oh, oh, shit, okay. he's got three ears. It's yeah. funny. Um, what didn't work? I also got to agree with uh, Lucy Stevens. Her her character it was just poorly written, which I thought was sad. I was like, you didn't really have to put her in the in this. Like, she didn't really have to be she's there. She's not as much of a lead as you would think. Too. She's. No. I don't. Th- she's more a very minor is, character. Yeah. I, she was very underutilized too, because Catherine Newton was really good in blockers, and so I just thought that oh maybe she's going to be more yeah. of a comedic relief and uh, kind of go off the chemistry of uh, Justice Smith, but that didn't happen. So. Aside from that, the villain also Bill Nye's character Howard Clifford. Uh, I thought it was too obvious. Yeah, yeah I was like, I was like it, obviously when they mentioned that he's suffering from a disease, I'm like, okay, he's trying to cure himself. So did I saw Mewtwo? Either, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's trying to turn yeah, himself into a Pokemon or find a way for them to cure him, and I called it. So yeah, and um, yeah, that was weird. Uh, right off the bat, I did like that there was some cool little cameos in here. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I think I brought it up. Like Rita Ora is the scientist yeah, and Diplo is the DJ, mm-hmm. which is really cool with yeah. the loud rooms in there. Um, there's little hints of stuff too. I liked overall, like they, they mentioned that Mewtwo escaped the Kanto region, which is yeah. a direct correlation to the first Pokemon movie. So, I mean, they somewhat connect them. Like, oh, I oh, read that. Yeah. That they're kind of, cool. um, saying that. And it happened 20 happened years ago, actually, canon. Yeah, which came out in 1999. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I liked all the scenes with Pikachu, man. That guy's adorable. Uh, there's a scene where basically the Torteras, they find out that these gigantic turtle uh, Pokemon are actually quite literally like mountains. And they are running away from it. And Pikachu takes like a pebble to the chest. <laughs> and for some reason, it's the funniest scene in the whole fucking yeah. movie. Maybe I <laughs> he literally takes it. He's like, Ugh. And then when he's wet and he's just sitting there on that rock and those Bulbasaur show up like, hey, what's up, bro? And he's just like, my friend's hurt. I need help. I said, Marco's done this a couple of times for me. <laughs> I need help. And then they Someone just take him. Me. I was like, I really like that scene for some reason. And then he's just one with nature and shit. It's just really, it's really beautiful. He's actually, he, dude, Justice Smith can act really well, man. Oh, yeah, no, he's yeah. really good. Because if you think about it, there's only two people in that scene, really. He's just yelling. He's at doing it to himself. Just yeah, he's just yelling. He's Basically, like, he's, he's, but they know he's holding a puppet think. in his arms. Then, oh, dude, if they have scenes of it in the Blu-ray or something that where he's just holding the actual like uh, puppet, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> I can't do it. You know, he just got a, she's carrying the side a fake Psyduck in her backpack. Oh, man, I would die if I saw that. It's probably gonna be a fake like hella like <laughs> arms and like little wobbly feet just flying everywhere. Think about oh, it, right? Man. Uh, oh. what didn't work for me was like it was too obvious with the bad guy. Yeah. As soon as the son wasn't talking and you see the ditto in the beginning, it's like, it's ditto. I know it's ditto. <laughs> He's done that. That, I, that I didn't cast because I totally forgot about the ditto. Yeah, because the ditto's waiting for him, and then he he turns into the guy to push his chair, and I was like, oh god dang it! And then the girl had pink hair, and I was like, she's ditto, right? That's ditto. For the most part, that didn't. It was. I mean, whatever though. Like we said, it's yeah, one of those things where it's like, okay, it it's was, not a perfect movie, but its flaws are forgivable because the rest of the movie holds up. Yeah. So, so would you guys? I mean, it ends basically revealing that. Uh, Detective Pikachu is in fact uh, Justice Smith's father, uh, which is weird that he didn't recognize his voice because it does not change. No, 
right? He hadn't seen him so long. He's like, I don't know what my dad. Yeah, that is kind of is kind of a plot hole. I'm like, dude, you didn't recognize your dad's I w- voice. I mean, I think I can go 30 more years without hearing my dad's voice, and then I'd be like, that's my dad's voice. I mean, yeah, whether, you, whether you're estranged or not, he at least had some past or some history with his dad to yeah. recognize. Did his you guys voice. see that uh, coming? By the way, that ending. Not until the Mewtwo thing was revealed. Then I was like, oh. I only knew because of the game. Oh, uh, stupid. Yeah, I I didn't know. You really? So you yeah, like, it's one of the it's one of the ones guy? that went over my head. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes so sense. So it is revealed at the end. Then uh, Tim stays with his dad, basically. So yeah. there's really would be, and I mean, there is still a Pikachu, but he can only talk to him because Pikachu gave him the ability. I mean, Mewtwo gave him the ability to talk to only his son, yeah. which is a really specific fucking plot line, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but for purposes, I mean, entertaining, right? So. Could there be a sequel to Pokemon, a Detective Pikachu sequel? Does that even make sense? I wouldn't mind seeing more of that world in general, but true by taking away from the Ryan Reynolds character as Pikachu, that does take away a lot of the kind of cuteness factor of everything. All right. Because, I mean, I guess the Detective Pikachu with the Ryan Reynolds voice is kind of what makes that movie. But is he also going to be the same? Like, is he going to have his caffeine addiction? Or is that Ryan Reynolds who's going to have those? I think that's... Oh, that's true. No, I'm... um, I think it's Pikachu's. Because Ryan Reynolds was like, yeah, I can't stop thinking about coffee. But I was like, how did he develop that coffee addiction? Very true. I mean, it would make sense if it was more Ryan Reynolds. He was a cop, you know, working late hours. So So some of the traits of that Pokemon is not going to be the same either. Plus, his Pikachu would be around him all the time, right? Because mm-hmm. that's his Pokemon. I, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing a movie that's in the same universe. That's like a pseudo sequel. That it may be different characters. Pikachu's still in it, but it's like a different adventure. But then James was saying Ryan City only exists only in, in this Detective one, yeah. Pikachu. It's yeah. not in the uh, that's other ones. Thing. So that's the that's the only thing. What if out in the sequel, he's like, I'm back in Pikachu's body. I'm yeah. Like, I'll take it. I mean, I would. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Get addicted to those powers. Yeah. I was like, I like that. Actually, that's fine. Because it happened before, so it like, just frequently happens again. Like, mm. I'm back. What the hell's happening? I'm like, I don't know. we got to figure this out. Let's figure it out, guys. Also, it was very adorable when he was like put into his body, and Pikachu's just like, Pikachu. Oh, yeah. the first time yeah. when Mewtwo did it, he's like, Pikachu. <laughs> he like so raised hilarious. up. I was like, okay, all right. Mewtwo did some weird shit there. He's like, let him live. Yeah, it's funny. They, for the end, they really got the original uh, voice actors for uh, Pikachu. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. even when uh, he's doing the Pikachu voice to the lady that hears him, that's the, that's it's all the original people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts, guys? Uh, I just want more video game movies to be like this, to just sort of go all in with the video game aspect. Don't try to change it. No. And, and you know what? If you have to create a world where it's like a different universe where these types of situations and characters exist, then make that happen. Just And people will invest in it if you make it believable. Don't don't try to rewrite. Cast it right too, by the way. Exactly. See how Cast good casting right. makes a difference? Get good writers. Uh, get a, yeah. a good director. Grab Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, and and most most importantly, use the source material. I mean, it's what happens with most books. So, I mean, even if people already know what's going to happen, you can still change things in between as so long as you keep the the main source yeah, of the story definitely. the same. Right. So, I agree. Uh, what about you, Nibu? That's my thought. Yeah, I mean, I I can't wait to hopefully see a sequel or something in the skies if that's how they. I think that this film couldn't have made, been made ten years ago. You know, no, with the not with technology, especially now. Yeah. So. It now would have looked really bad. It would have been. It yeah. would have been like that directed DVD look. Like, oh, what mm-hmm. happened here, man? 
So I think they've got now something to, to work off of. No problem, you know, building stories within that this universe that they've built if they want to. Yeah. Um, it's done really well in Japan as well. So I can only imagine that they're going to want to try to make as much money as they can. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really, it, they've got they've got the good formula here. I can I, I'm looking forward if, to see. What if they only do. we could have told the Sonic team this before they um, made that one. They have one job. They only I had this. They only had one character. Be about. There were many Pokemon. I think they heard in, about it. They're like, we got to do a Sonic one. And then when this came out, they're like, oh shit, they actually did a good job though, things. right? <laughs> they did a good job with all these different variations of Pokemon. They only got and one. These guys, they got one. Could, they couldn't get Sonic. The right. one guy. They're like, if I give them baby teeth, do you think they'd be okay? I mean, let's try it out. Just give him the gloves nah. and shoes. Uh, I mean, I think it helps that this was a spinoff movie too from the main story. Right. Like we were talking about, that works out. It doesn't always work out. See yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda, right? But for the most part, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want a movie on that shit, yeah. right? I'm like, nope, oh. stick to Nabil's plan. Normal <laughs> I mean, Mass Effect. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, after Sonic, because Sonic's going to suck. I'm looking forward to like maybe a good one after that. Something good, like something, man. It'd just be cool to see some more quality stuff. And you know what? Truthfully, the Nintendo stuff works, man. God, maybe a There's decent a Mario Brothers games. movie. Uh, I mean, I heard they might be doing a CG version of I'd Mario stuff. I'd see a stuff, CG so, version of it. Yeah. I don't know if I could really want to see a live action version of Mario. No, not again. But a CG one would be kind of cool. All right, guys. So that is the end of our podcast number 48 with our review of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Once again, guys, thank you for listening to us and uh, leaving reviews, uh, sharing the podcast. Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on our social medias on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at MoviePalsPod. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and now Spotify. Thank you again for all your support, for all your, all your thoughts, all your suggestions, too. Keep them coming. We will be posting also the topic of the week on Instagram, on our stories, so that way you guys can give us your thoughts and ideas of what video game movies you would like to see on the big screen come up with some good ones uh so join us next time guys we're going to be doing episode 49 actually and that's going to be the new disney film aladdin so until next time guys this is james and marco and nabil have a good one